Hello, and welcome to the How We Do Digital Ministry podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Elia. Today's episode is sponsored by Faith Growth. Church websites are notorious for frustrating church staff, being difficult to navigate, and looking dated. Faith Growth builds simple and beautiful church websites that are easy to update so churches can reach their community. They've helped hundreds of churches revitalize their web presence and can do the same for you. Head over to faithgrowth.com to book a free consultation today, but schedule that later in your day because right now uh, we are on this podcast where we talk to leaders who are out in the world engaging folks through digital ministry. Today, I am delighted to have Reverend Beth Windham from St. Nicholas Episcopal Church in Bulverde, Texas. Rev. Beth, please introduce yourself and tell us how you do digital ministry. Sure, sure. I'm happy to. Well, I'm Beth. I'm super glad to be here with y'all. And um, yes, we are in Bulverde, Texas, which is about a half an hour away from downtown San Antonio. And uh, St. Nicholas, I'm the founding pastor of St. Nicholas. So we are a church plant that started in December of 2019. Mm. So we had all of about three months of worship before the world shut down. And, um, and then we had about what a year of hanging on and um, having to pivot to online ministry very quickly in our, our lifespan. Sure. And then started to, uh, be in person and stay online in 2021. But Texas also had creative things like a snowstorm in February that shut us back down and yeah. all these all these extra challenges. <laughs> um, and so really, we feel like we have relaunched our community in August of last year in a new space um, and have been embracing our life in person and online renewed since August of, of 2021. So, so we are uh, in this interesting position of having spent a huge portion of our new church life online, uh, more so than in person, um, yeah. which I often confess to myself and to others that if it had not been for COVID, I'm not sure that I would have been doing the same things online so quickly. Mm -hmm. I think if I'm honest, I'm honest with myself and others, um, I would have been sort of dragging my feet and, um, oh, we don't need worship online and <laughs> we can just be in person. And, um, and I probably also would have uh, gone to a... Um, online presence more than online ministry. And what I mean by that is I probably would have done what I think I see a lot of our, us uh, churches do, which is like, come to church. We have this event, come and visit us. You know, we have this Easter service, Christmas or back to school blessing. And when I look at our beginning um, social media posts, that's all we did. Um, where with COVID, you know, we had to really think hard about how do we reach people that we're not seeing in person anymore? Mm -hmm. And how as a new community, when we're trying to 
we're missing these valuable opportunities for people to bond together. Are there ways that we can create those bonding moments together? And so for us, when we started our online ministry, you know, we did Zoom Bible studies, we did um, online worship, and then we also looked at where were gaps in um, social media presence, that where were gaps within our diocese, so I'm an Episcopal mm-hmm. priest, so we have a, our diocese, where were gaps um, of ministries that uh, weren't happening for either our people or for people in our area. And so, so during COVID or the height of it, um, we created things like saints in under 77 seconds, where we could do a little video clip about saints, teach a little tiny bit. And, um, and in the Episcopal church, there's, you know, Lent madness, and that only happens during Lent, but we could do this year round. And it helped us feel like we were also educating our little community of faith in a way um, when we couldn't meet in person. And then we started like a, you know, a minute message for kids where Mm -hmm. I would do a few videos for kids and try to teach on prayer. Um, And so that's how we started our online ministry. And so we quickly um, got to the point where we knew we wanted to have a ministry where both our, our little group of people, as well as those whose faith is known to them in God alone, um, that we could create a presence of, of ministry, of sharing the good news in a time when the world is hurting and engage and inspire and inform, and then lastly, invite people into our life together. And so we've tried, I think, um, sometimes hit it right on the <laughs> right on the nose and sometimes not. Um, but we've tried to create online ministries that meet people where they are, just like we were, tra- were trying to do in person. Sure. So that's, that's a really concise version of <laughs> the last three years <laughs> of online ministry for us. Um, Gosh, yeah, I mean, what what amazing uh, challenges and opportunities provided in that intersection to you. I wonder if you can share, I mean, you know, this new community, you're just getting started, you know, you barely had an opportunity to introduce yourself, right? And then this um, world crashes here. Um, how how do you do that? How do you introduce yourself, connect to people, you know, you haven't had a chance to meet yet? So, so right. So what we did was we tried to take some um, old school ministry values and some uh, pivoting or new ways of doing ministry. So with our, with our online um, worship, you know, that was obviously our main way of gathering people during COVID. And um, we were already a place where we didn't want to do bulletins or have books. We wanted to keep everything simple. So we were already doing screens and, and people would just come in um, and just be able to come and be because we're trying to reach unchurched people in our area. So we wanted to keep it simple. So when we pivoted to online worship, we tried to make it so that um, it would feel like they were there in the space with us. 
So, um, so everything they needed, we didn't do, you know, PDFs of bulletins and, you know, keep track of this paper while you're watching on screen, everything <laughs> is on the screen, just like it would be in person. Um, so that was good. And I, and I have to say, we had a team of um, <clears throat> uh, tech volunteers who did research and who worked really hard to get that part going. And when I had days where I was like, oh, we just need to get it done, I don't care. <laughs> they were like, no, no, it needs to be just like it would be in person. Um, so that's one of the ways that we tried to meet people where they, where they were. We also, um, when it comes to the newness, you know, I would text people a lot mm -hmm. and call people. Um, and, and then we would do some old school, like we would just do simple care packages like once a month and go drop them off on porches sure. where we could see each other outside and just say hi. So we did this weird combination of old school pastoral care and new ministry. Um, but when I think about the relationships that I, I was blessed to hold on to during this time, um, it was through lots of texting prayers, lots of phone conversations, um, and just being there pastorally for people when we couldn't be face to face. Mm -hmm. And then when we could meet in person, we knew that we weren't going to stop offering online ministry right. right that we knew that we would continue worship and that we would continue to um cultivate um our social media ministries and participation in that and that was the other thing that as a as a new community of faith we were also challenged to think about how do we get people involved? Like when they would be volunteering in the church, was there a way we could get people involved in our online ministries that would help them connect to us, that we would get to know each other? And so in our Stations of the Cross the first year, we had people recording it. Um, we had an artist create the work for us and then different families of um, all ages because we are a multi-generational a community of faith. So you have older people and little kids sharing on the stations. Um, we would have uh, parishioners offer prayers and recording or in art, and we'd post those online. And so I think that um, helped us begin to set up a DNA of participation in the life of our church mm. in a way that I'm not sure would have otherwise been there. Mm -hmm. And that still happens now, um, even as we're meeting in person and online, we, um, we continuously try to include our folks in our online um, offerings. So, you know, on our Instagram, we'll have some reels of our Bible journaling class where we're, you know, creating images to scripture and I'll, I'll film someone's artwork and um, and one uh, one lady was sharing just today that her daughter, I think, posted, um, hey, that's my mom's hand. <laughs> and her daughter, you know, I don't think her daughter's ever been to our church, but it's so nice that she's checked out our site. And right. like, there's just this fun kind of joyous connection of, yeah, it is your mom's hand. <laughs> and um, and it's just a glimpse. It's a glimpse into our community. It's a glimpse of this um unusual way of looking at scripture 
and um, and just bringing a little joy online where I think often joy is needed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, you've mentioned it a bit, and then, but I want to I want to hear more about it. Uh, the involvement of children and family in your ministry, and particularly online ministry. I was really struck by that in in perusing your materials. How important that is. It, it, so it is, it is very important to us. So we, um, we are a community that was founded in joy, hence the name St. Nicholas, right? And he is the patron saint of children. And so we are cultivating um, space online and in person to be a place where children and youth can be empowered to know that they are ministers now. They are not the future mm. of the church. They mm-hmm. don't have to wait, but they have this power now. And so, um, so our indoor space is set up in such a way that we have some art tables for uh, children and adults, and we have a playground for our kids where we have liturgical uh, play materials that they can use during worship. And so if they create artwork or um, play with the materials, then we're often um, catching pictures of it. Or a lot of the kids will come to me after the worship and show me their artwork and they make sure I take pictures because they know I'm going to post this online, thanking God for creativity or thanking God for children or thanking God for something. And so they're learning through this experience that they have the power to share God, right? And like last week, um, it was so great during worship. Uh, so I, you know, I did a children's sermon and I used a picture from the week before where a, a new little person who is brand new to our church, um, not sure, uh, if he's ever been in church, that's how new they are. And, um, and he had taken all of our stuffed animals, our lovies, and he had made a circle with them and put our play chalice and our, our play patent. And it looked like all the animals were being given communion. And I used that picture and I used that example in my children's sermon and the little boy through the whole sermon is like, I did that. I did that. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you did. And that was so great. And you know, how empowering for a child to know, like his example was used as a faith example, mm-hmm. you know, or your beautiful artwork has been used to spread joy online when, um, as I said before, it's so needed. And so part of our call as a church is to empower our children to know they can share the love of God in their own way. And that is exciting. I mean, that is, to me, that is just so exciting. And there's so much potential of what we as churches can do and create um, to let that happen. So One of the other realities, I know I keep on going on and on, but one of the other realities for us (laughs) is we don't have a history, right? We don't have the same traditions that a church that's established have um, or has. And and so we are coming in a place of, um, well, we don't have a Sunday school yet. And, And so how are we going to create formation opportunities for our children? Mm-hmm. Um, and for our adults. And uh, is there a way for us to do that where we can um, embrace our online ministries 
and embrace our in-person ministries and combine them. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we're looking at now as we look to the future of what we're called to do in our context as St. Nicholas, as we look to our future, what is the best way forward um, for us? And so, um, you know, we anticipate that next fall, we will actually have a St. Nicholas art and social ministry where part of our formational gatherings will be to gather multi-generational group of people once a month where we create um, art and formational activities that we can share online. And uh, our kids will learn about some, or kids and adults will learn something of faith. We'll be able to share it online. And then who knows who might be inspired online that may never come to a church, may never be part of our community, but might find something hopeful and something joyous and something loving in what has been presented. And then our littles and our youth get to realize that this media tool is meant for good and for relationship, mm-hmm. um, that it's not meant to be divisive, right? And so we get to be part of teaching that. Um, and I think that's really exciting. Yeah. For us, that's something that we believe we're being called to um, for the future. And, um, and it's going to be empowering for all of us and who knows how it'll really play out or look, but how cool, right. That, um, we just, we don't have the 50 year history of Sunday school from 10 to 11 and in a room. So we get to play and experiment and, um, some things will work and some things will be like, Oh, let's not do that again. Is your church website a mess? It could be difficult to navigate or doesn't represent you well. You want your site to be more than just an online brochure, but you don't know how to make that happen. Imagine having a beautiful, easy to use website for your church that helps people find the information they need about your church and its ministries quickly and easily. Faith Growth will build a beautiful, effective, user-friendly website for your church in as little as four weeks. Our process includes everything from a free initial consultation to the full setup and training so you can grow your digital presence and reach your community. Schedule a consultation at faithgrowth.com or, if you're not ready yet, Get your free guide explaining the process to get a website that reaches people and gets results by going to faithgrowth.com slash guide. I love this perspective of uh, faith formation also turning into uh, invitation, sharing, almost like you're building faith influences as well, right? I mean, that the children know, yeah, and we want to share my my art and my projects and the adults too. Um, yeah. But that that outward focus actually because of the digital ministry is sort of already implanted in them that this mm-hmm. is also, this is for us. It's also for the broader world, Erin. That's right. really, really right. interesting. Really cool. Well, and that's something, and that is something we talk about in our community, 
where um, our social media, our, um, our website, you know, it is, it is in some respects for our community, but that it is also one of the ways in which we're choosing to share the love of God with others, mm -hmm. right? And so, so some of what is um, shared is specific to the community, like, you know, here's what's going on this week, or don't forget, you know, we have dinner church on Wednesday and this Bible study and that kind of information. But then we also have um, our latest experiment is uh, prayer reels, where uh, the young woman who helps me with our social media, she and I have been talking for a couple months about you know, how do we as Episcopalians and as St. Nicholas authentically represent ourselves online as a joyous community of faith where we aren't just capturing trends or doing what the world does, but actually offering something of hope and love. And, um, and, and this young woman uh, took a prayer I had written for Mother's Day and, and posted it. And, um, and suggested the music for me. And it just, for us, you know, we're a church of like 67 people on a Sunday and we ended up with 20,000 views. And we were like, well, hopefully only half of those were bots. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully someone found hope and comfort mm -hmm. in what was offered. Mm -hmm. And so, so for Emily, this young woman and I, you know, part of our prayer life and our life together has been, how do we continue to offer, you know, this hopefulness and love and inspiration to people who really just want a nugget of help to get through the week, right? A right. nugget of help to get through the day. And we could be a part of that. And for us to be able to help our congregation know that they can be a part of that, I think is, um, is embracing God's vision for the world online, right? Is that this is meant for relationship and goodness, and we could play a part in that. And that's motivating and exciting. And it's work that so many churches are doing, right? We are, we are working so hard to learn how to do this faithful online ministry. And churches are doing it in so many different ways. And I know for us, we are constantly inspired by other churches mm -hmm. of all denominational contexts. So it's exciting to me. <laughs> no, it's, it is, it is exciting. It's good to be reminded that this is you know, opportunities and experimenting and creative and, um, and hopeful ultimately what we're, we're all trying to accomplish together. Um, so now that we find yourself back in the situation where you, you have the uh, digital ministries happening, even expanding new plans for the future, um, and you know, in-person worship and dinners and educational events and all of this stuff, how are you balancing all of this? How's it, how's, are you okay? <laughs> Depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think we're okay. You know, we, because everything is new, we don't have, it doesn't feel like we have set patterns, right? Uh, the life in the life of a church plant, you feel like you're changing and growing constantly. Mm -hmm. And so you're, 
there's always a sense of, at least what I've experienced, it's a sense of momentum and the sense of change constantly. So we don't necessarily have a set pattern. Um, we are we are trying to come up with ways that we can move forward in our ministry that combine both in person and online, right? So they're not uh, they're not against each other. They're sort of they're running parallel and um, and helping to form and inform each other. And so, you know, this this woman that's helping me, um, you know, she and I meet once a week. And we're going to spend the summer planning out the year and saying, okay, what, what is a value? What can we get rid of? You know, just some strategic thinking through what, what is it we hear? And I think this is the biggest deal too, is what do we hear that our people in the world want? Mm -hmm. You know, because I think what we do as churches also is we assume we know what people want or what they need. And so we just charge forward. And so we're trying to just sort of, um, listen to what people want and need and then respond. Um, and so for example, uh, for Holy Week, we did some experiments on, um, you know, what is Holy Week and educational ministry. And we ended up with some great feedback of, Hey, that's so helpful. It was a snippet. I could, you know, I could teach my kid. Um, and so we're going to keep doing those types of things. Um, and try to learn as we go along, um, what's the necessary information that people need? Um, can we give them just a bite and that can be informative or helpful? And so, so part of, so I guess that's a really long-winded way of saying we're trying to work together and collaborate to really listen to our online and in-person community to figure out balance. Sure. And um, and then take the time in sort of the summer to be, in, be renewed and inspired so that we can um, try out these new ministries in the fall and that we have a plan going forward. So we're not like, oh, what do we do September? You know, it's, it's all planned out. Um, and I think the other piece of the balance is not being afraid to include our, our um, congregation mm -hmm. in this, that, that, you know, there are some opportunities for some housebound folks or, um, you know, immune compromised folks that maybe can't come in person, but may be able to look up scriptures for us or send us their favorite prayers, or create artwork, or to include them in a way in our relationship that honors their gifts. And, um, and so that's the other piece is allowing this to be something from the congregation, not just a paid position, because as a church plant, I don't, I don't have the extra income either, right? So right. it needs to be highly participatory, but also held up with here are here are our values. It needs to, you know, relate to this, and um, and so that's the other piece that we're looking at as well. And I don't know how that's going to balance. I don't know, like there is no balance in a church plant life. So, <laughs> you know, we'll just toss those things that don't work and just keep on experimenting. And you know, and again with our in person, 
it's for us, you know, everything is new. This past Easter was truly our first Easter. Yeah. Um, and, um, and this past Christmas was truly our first Christmas. And, you know, I mean, just it, because it's just all been so um, different during the, you know, the heightened parts of COVID. And so we're just giving ourselves a lot of permission to the word that keeps coming up is experiment and try new things in person and online and, um, and try to remember just to have fun with it. You know, that, that this is creativity is a gift God has given all of us. And we get to co-create with God in this particular way. And how exciting is that? Um, Because we're reaching people and connecting with people in ways that we never, I never imagined when I thought about a church plant that I would have developed the relationships I have online with our neighbors and our, our, the businesses in the community. And, you know, those other pieces too, which I think we forget that, one of the beautiful gifts that social media gives us is we can support other businesses in our towns and reach out to them in ways that um, we don't always have time to do in person. And so highlighting their efforts Mm -hmm. or encouraging them um, and even encouraging other churches, those things are beautiful gifts to the world and to one another. You know, they're a way for us to encourage each other and build each other up in faith. Um, and we get to do that as, you know, new digital ministers. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Um, so much to think about. I love this, this idea of, you know, balancing enthusiasm with discernment and, uh, and working through excitement about the future, but uh, some pragmatism in there too, and particularly around what's actually needed rather than, because we can run out in the street and create all kinds of things, can't we? Um, So we're about out of time. So I wanted to just kind of give you an opportunity if there was just something you really want to share with folks or maybe a misconception you want to challenge or, you know, kind of a last word to a, your colleagues out experimenting in the field right now? You know, um, I think just encouragement, right? I am, I am so inspired by all of our efforts when I know, you know, we know ministry is busy and we're caring for our people and we want to be in person, right? And we miss, um, we miss what was so often, mm-hmm. but I think this new world that is in front of us, that is changing us and forming us and showing us God in new ways um, to, to keep our eyes open and our hearts open to see that wonder at work online um, and how it can happen in person as well. And to know that what you're, especially for my colleagues, what you're putting out into the world does make a difference, mm-hmm. right? It inspires me. It helps me grow and learn your, um, you know, the way you've set up your altar or the way you've shared about a particular school, uh, you know, a class or um, the way you've set up your study 
all that stuff matters and is inspiring one another and encouraging us. And um, it's, it's kind of reminds me of um, uh, that I, there's a saying, and I don't know who said it, but like the best form of flattery is um, impersonation, mm -hmm. right? Where if you're, if you're copying someone, it is this form of flattery and you're inspired by them. And I think about that, you know, when you think about the trends that happen on social media or the um, different ideas that churches have, and when we're inspired by that and we can figure out how something of that might work in our context, um, that's, I think that's God at work. And we're all making a difference mm -hmm. to one another. And I believe to a world that needs hope and inspiration and a ton of joy and <laughs> what we put out there matters. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Reverend Beth. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. I want to invite everybody who is listening to join our Facebook group, How We Do Digital Ministry. It's a place for you to discuss digital ministry in the rest of the week when you aren't listening to this podcast. Uh, but uh, do like and subscribe us so you won't miss an episode. Uh, but until next week, peace and blessings to you all. Mm -hmm.